What's up, everyone? This is episode number 73 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. And speaking of social media, there have been two major headlines that people have been sending me throughout the week. Uh, multiple people. I appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for sharing with me. The first and most important um, is that Taco Bell is getting rid of several of my favorite items, including the always wonderful Beefy Fritos Burrito. That goes down on August 13th. Thank you to everyone that reached out to me. And yes, I am already in mourning. Um, The second big headline from this week deals with the LeBron James RPA that sold for $1.8 million. Um, That story has received all sorts of attention from the usual hobby shows to mainstream coverage on TV. You know, I think it's interesting, but I also don't have a lot to add that you haven't seen. So I'm not really going to devote a segment to it today. Um, I will say, though, that I've seen several people ask why LeBron's exquisite RPA is so important. And I think that's a good question, especially, you know, we have a lot of people, you know, maybe your family members are seeing this headline and they're asking you about it. So you're kind of their um, gateway to this hobby. So um, I talked about this a lot already in episode 17. If I had to sum it up quickly, I'd say it deals primarily with content, scarcity, and timing. But like I said, check out episode 17 again if you want a good refresher. And then from here, we just sit back and see where all of this LeBron RPA stuff goes, you know, in the future. All right, um, on to the main segment of the week. And I've got some people that I'm excited to hear from again, but I want to give you some context first. Back in mid-December, I encouraged listeners to analyze their approach to the hobby And it doesn't matter in this instance if you call yourself a collector, an investor, a flipper, you know, whatever you're doing in the hobby and however you classify that, you still need to have some idea what you want to do and what your goals are. So after I did that, then in episode 43, I invited four listeners on to talk a little bit about their approach uh, to the hobby in 2020 and some of their collecting goals. Now, A lot of crazy things have happened in the hobby since then. You guys have been around, you know that. Um, But I felt like it was time to bring them back on the show. And this is not to shame them if they didn't reach a goal or if they had to pivot in one way or another. But I want all of you listeners out there to have a chance to see how experienced hobbyists adapt to the times. And guess what? 2020 is as good of a case study as any. And you've heard this some with me in the last couple of episodes where I talked about my recent uh, buying, selling, and trading habits. Well, that's just one person's approach. There are plenty out there to choose from, and you're about to hear a few more of them today. So before we really jump in, I want to start off by giving my guests a chance to reintroduce themselves and also remind us of their top three 2020 hobby goals from episode 43. What's up, everyone? Good to be back on the Wax Museum podcast. My name is G. I go by the Lucky Show 05 on Instagram and the Lucky Show on Blowout. Uh, Looking back at my top three goals last time I was on here, 
my third goal was to sell off a bunch of cards in my collection that didn't quite fit into my PC, meaning cards that weren't Curry, Doncic, and Kings cards. Uh, number two on my list was to pick up a Luka Doncic gold optic or gold prism. And number one on the list was to pick up a Stephen Curry RPA to 99. So those were the three goals that I, I set out last time. I'm John, better known as the Basketball Card Guy, seen on Instagram at Basketball Card Guy, at BasketballCardGuy.com, and at YouTube.com slash Basketball Card Guy. My main goals back in December were around uh, three things. First, downsizing my collection. I've made quite a large collection over the last couple of decades, and so this year I just wanted to kind of shape it down a little bit. Uh, secondly, I wanted to limit my own personal collection, my own PC. I wanted to kind of really kind of narrow the focus down and so that if I was going to add something to it, I wanted to make sure I was also removing something at the same time. And thirdly, I wanted to add to the cards stories. And what I clarified about this last time was that the cards that I've owned for all these years, they kind of just had a limited story. If I pulled them out of a pack and I put them in a safe and they're sitting there for 20 years, there wasn't much more to be said. There was only that one experience of pulling it and the excitement around that that was so cool. I just want to make sure that some of these cards, they just get enjoyed. Like I remember the enjoyment of when I pulled them or when I first traded or when I bought them. And so my mission, you know, this year was really to see how many of those cards that I've been holding on to can I get into the hands of people that will really, really appreciate them like I have? Hi, everyone. I'm Christina. You can find me on Instagram at Christina's PC, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-S-P-C. I'm a co-host of the House of Jordans podcast. First off, I just want to say thank you, Kyle, for having me back as a guest on your amazing podcast. My top three hobby goals for 2020 were number three visit 40 card shops. Number two, buy Chris, my boyfriend and co-host of HOJ, a graduation grail. And number one, pull the Luca Black from a hobby box of 1819 Prism. Hey everybody, my name is Jordan. On Instagram, I'm Hazen underscore cards. And my three goals of 2020 were to get organized and stay organized. My second goal was to stay on budget. And my last goal was to stay connected to the hobby, give back to the hobby, and most importantly, enjoy and make sure I'm having fun with the hobby. All right, so with each one of these collectors, I sent them a list of four questions and I asked them to give me just a short response for each one. And the first question was uh, short and sweet. It says, now that roughly six months have passed since these goals were set, what does your progress look like so far? And just a note here, each time I ask a question, I'm going to play the responses in the same order that participants introduce themselves in. Okay, so how have I done in regards to those three goals? Number three, it's a work in progress. I've sold off a, a good amount of non-PC cards, and I do have quite a few more cards that I need to sell off. I'm going to be doing that with the NBA returning here in the next few weeks. I'm going to be selling off quite a few cars in the next month or two. I actually plan on moving quite a bit of wax, too, I, uh, with prices spiking the way they have over the last several months. 
uh, wax has gotten to a point where I can make a good amount of money off of selling at the prices right now. So hopefully selling off some wax, selling off the uh, non-PC cards, and really putting myself in a good financial spot to, to chasing big cards uh, for the rest of the year. Number two on the list was acquiring a Luka Doncic Optic Gold or Prism Gold. I was very fortunate enough to acquire a Luka Gold Optic. I uh, was able to make a deal happen with my good hobby friend Ross, who's a big Donovan Mitchell super collector and has picked up some some crazy LeBrons over the, the last year. But anyways, very fortunate to pick that card up. Love, love that card. Uh, so number two, I can check off. Number one, number one is kind of, you know, the reason why I'm selling off all these non-PC cards, selling off wax, is to get that Stephen Curry RPA. I had a decent chance probably two, three months ago where I was in talks with the seller of her card. It was a, it was a really nice four-color uh, BGS 9.5 copy. I wanted to include quite a bit of wax. He wanted more cash, and in the end, there was another buyer at the table who was able to put more cash on the table for the deal, so I missed out on that. Uh, it's a card I'm kind of afraid the next time it comes up, we've seen a lot of cards go up in price, and I'm really afraid to see where that card is at value-wise. But still, the priority, the number one goal that I have is acquiring that card. Unfortunately, not able to check that off the list yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get it done here uh, sooner rather than later. So I've actually done a pretty good job at sticking to these goals. Uh, it, it actually kind of helped the way that the market has gone this year, kind of almost forced me to accept offers on things that I might not have wanted to get rid of otherwise. Um, so a kind of a strong market for selling has really led to me uh, giving up a lot of the things that I've held on to for a really long time. So it's actually been quite good for me. Uh, I have, you know, really focused in on the PC a lot more, uh, making sure that what I'm putting in there is like really truly around what I want. And, um, you know, it just, it, it really has been a much easier time just with the way things that have gone. And, you know, and, and meeting a lot of folks that are, you know, kind of getting into the industry for the first time. A lot of folks reach out to me, you know, asking for advice. And I message every one of them back. You know, I make it my my thing, my mission to make sure that if someone has a question about something, I don't care if they're buying from me or not. Like, I want to make sure that they're being treated fairly, that they have the kind of same enjoyment of the industry that I have. And through that, like, it just happened to, that a lot more of my stuff has gone than I thought it would. So I've actually been downsizing quite a bit this year, uh, really sticking to that goal. I've made absolutely no progress on my 2020 goals. There's a reason I said my goals for 2020 were and used past tense. My progress is 100% non-existent. Thank you for reminding me, Kyle. COVID has shut down life and card shops. I've been to my LCS like seven times this whole year and only once since March. To put that in context, I'm usually there every other week at least. I've not been able to take any trips to visit new shops, so I'm shooting zero for 40. If anyone knows of shops in your area that are open, please DM me. I would love to go visit them. I'll even wear a hazmat suit if I have to. 
with the uncertainties of life at the moment, I haven't been spending nearly enough money in the hobby for my PC this year on grails or wax. Therefore, I've made no progress on a present for Chris, which he kindly reminded me of as soon as he found out we were recording an update to episode 43. Thanks, Kyle. And I haven't purchased a hobby box of 1819 Prism, and I don't even know how long. I've done pretty well um, with my goals that I set at the beginning of the year. Uh, as far as organization goes, all my cards are put away in labeled boxes with dividers that are labeled, and I can pretty much find anything I need to pretty quickly and easily. The one thing that I do want to do from um, for the second part of the year is to... Uh, get my cards into an electronic database, whether that's just something as simple as Excel, or I might need to look into something like Card Ladder so I can uh, track my collection. Uh, as far as staying on budget, I've also done pretty well with that. The main reason why is because as prices have increased, I stopped doing breaks. I'm having a hard time justifying spending that amount of money um, on a gamble, essentially. Uh, so I've really not done any breaks and it's saved me a lot of money in the last one um in my enjoying the hobby uh i am actually really enjoying the hobby i'm staying connected as much as i can through instagram i talk to a lot of people on there just about different cards or um i listen to all the different content there's so much content out now as far as what's on youtube or podcast i'm always looking for new stuff and listening to it um and just really enjoying where the hobby is going with all these new people. If I had to gauge the tone early on here, I'd say that everyone is feeling pretty good about things so far. And I know Christina kind of joked about her progress or lack thereof, but at the same time, um, it gives us a good example how sometimes there are outside factors that prevent us from doing much with our goals. It wasn't her fault that COVID happened. Uh, now, the present for Chris, you know, there's no excuse for that, but there is still time. You're welcome, Chris. Uh, in all seriousness, though, for this next question, I want to hone in on some of the things that we've been through in the hobby. Um, because over the last six months, we had the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, we had the pandemic, um, an increase in free time at home, the rush of new people into the hobby, the distribution of stimulus checks, the suspension of the season... The list goes on and on. So I ask my guests, how have these factors affected your ability to make progress on your goals, good or bad? And then um, in what ways have you responded? So much has changed in the last three, four months. It's really crazy. Obviously, the death of Kobe was the first shockwave. Um, and it really hit home for me, being a dad, having two daughters, and, and just kind of realizing how important basketball, how important even these villains to me growing up as a Kings fan, Kobe was the villain, how much basketball meant to me, right? And then we got into this crazy pandemic, the shutdown of our country, basically. And for me at first, like a lot of us, we were afraid of what this, this meant in terms of prices, in terms of, uh, I had a lot of sealed wax. How is this all going to play out? I don't think anyone could have really uh, anticipated this type of spike across the board on a lot of cards, a lot of uh, different sets and sealed wax. 
We've seen Panini change the way that they distribute their product. Uh, basically, a lot, of, a lot less meat on the bone or basically no meat on the bone for most products now. Uh, when you try to buy it through Panini, be it a first off the line or just even a regular release. And so for me, the main impact is that I, I've had less opportunities to buy. I've had to be a lot more selective. I've, it's been harder to find good value out there. So I've really honed in on a few products that I, I feel that are undervalued. Uh, but for the most part, there's been a whole lot less buying and there's a lot more enticement to sell. And that includes some Lucas. I am planning on, on moving some of my lower end, mid-tier Lucas, uh, Lucas that I do have duplicates of, but also some Lucas where, you know, I'm not in love with the car, but it's it's reached a, a price point where I'm I'm convinced that it's a, a good good time to sell. So I'd say that this whole crazy, these whole crazy last three or four months with these price spikes have made me less of a buyer, more of a seller in general. The last six months have just been very strange. I mean, one of the worst tragedies that, you know, certainly has befallen basketball, the loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, he was someone I, I collected a ton since his rookie year. I mean, 1996 was my peak year of collecting. And I had probably 300 Kobe Bryant rookie cards. I had autographs and patches and jerseys. And next to Jordan, I mean, he was my largest collection for a reason. I just really enjoyed watching him play. thought he was an extraordinary player. And it was just so, so sad to see what had happened. And right after it had happened, I just took all of the cards off my website. I said, I can't, I'm going to hold on to these. I don't, I'm not going to sell anything. This is just it's crazy to see what's going on. And then I just started getting messages after messages after messages. Where'd all your Kobe stuff go? I want to buy a card. I want an autograph. I need a rookie card. And all of a sudden, I realized that with the loss, people really needed a way to cope. And it brought me back to the 90s when the singer Kurt Cobain, the lead singer of Nirvana, passed away. And I remember the day after his death going out to the music store and buying every CD I could find of Nirvana, as if they'd never print them again. Which of course isn't true, of course they're going to be available. But in that time, it helped me cope. I felt like I had a piece of him. Now that he was gone, I could sit down and just listen to everything. I could listen to the work that he had done and get through it. And that's what I realized, that's the way they felt about Kobe. So I made a lot of my stuff available, stuff I never thought I would sell, stuff that was going to be PC forever, I made available um, for the first time. And it did help me downsize, which was one of my goals overall. But again, it was not in the way that I had thought it would be. And then the rest of this stuff with the market just jumping up like crazy, I've gotten rid of a lot of other stuff that I never thought I would part with. So it certainly helped towards the goals. It's just such a weird environment. It's something that none of us were really expecting. It's something that, you know, as much as it's great that things are high, I'd almost rather they kind of come back down a bit to get us into a zone where folks of us that really enjoy the hobby for being the hobby can really participate back in the hobby again. I, I see a lot of young kids 
that are coming to shows. I just started doing shows again uh, and reach out to me online and they're completely priced out because of this marketplace. They can't get a rookie card of someone that just came out. The equivalent, their equivalent to Kobe Bryant that comes out this year, like a John Moran or Zion Williamson, they can't afford a rookie card of him. Back when Kobe was a rookie, his rookie card was $5. I could go out and I could buy one as a kid. Kids today can't. And I just find that is awful. And I'm, I'm really hoping that something changes within the market. I don't want the market to fall apart. <laughs> but, um, but something needs to change. There need to be some low-end cards that kids can get involved with again because it's getting further and further away from the hobby, unfortunately, and more and more into a business. The world changed in March 2020. California completely shut down, as did most of the planet. And so I had to change my goals and my focus in the hobby as well. My priorities shifted away from my predetermined three hobby goals and into two different and even more exciting avenues within the hobby. So far, I've spent 2020 working with an amazing team, the Asia J crew, Josh from Cardboard Chronicles, and our friend Cole. We all teamed up to roll out a new site called Card Ladder. Card Ladder is a sports card analytics platform that we've been spending our days and very late nights bringing to fruition. Card Ladder is the 21st Century Price Guide, Billboard Top 100, Wikipedia, and Market Analysis Tool for Sports Cards, all in one place. And I'm proud of what we've created and what we are continuing to build. Because of the free time at home, I, like many others, have also been creating content. I started a new podcast. Well, technically it's a spinoff of our existing podcast. You see, I was tired of the guys always interrupting me and cutting my time short on HOJ. So I branched out, declared my independence, and now host an interview podcast called Christina's Corner. I've had the honor of sitting down with hobby stars, content creators, card artists, and hobby industry insiders, including none other than the Dr. James Beckett. I have many more amazing guests lined up for the next couple months, and I'm excited to bring these conversations to the hobby. 2020 was, or has been, or is crazy. Um, never did I think uh, that in the sheer matter of months that the hobby would kind of explode, and who knows where it's going to end up. Um, Personally, I, I like it. I like that more people are talking about it, getting involved with it, um, and getting back into collecting cards. Just the more the merrier. Um, it does have some side effects to it. I'm Like I said, I'm not able to really afford breaks anymore. And um, some of the cards that I would buy, have bought before are just out of my price range. So the main thing that um, the change in the hobby has made me do is it's made me veer off of what I did before and find more unique things or things that people aren't looking at currently, uh, things that aren't popular now, but might be in the future. I'd say that's pretty much the main thing um, that has changed as far as uh, how 2020 has changed my goals. It's no surprise to me that there's been a fair amount of buying and selling in 2020. I mean, that's what we do. And then we've seen the activity in the market um, so for the next segment, I ask each participant to tell us a little bit about their favorite pickup from the last six months. What is it? How did they acquire it? 
And then what is it about that card that makes it so special to them? The most special pickup that I've had in the last six months, you know, originally it probably would have been the gold optic Luca, which was number two on my list. But I recently acquired a card through an auction running run by Donnie B collectibles on Instagram. It was a card made by card killer. If you haven't checked him out, he is uh, quite the character and he just does crazy stuff to cards. And I was able to acquire a Luka Doncic pride card. Uh, it, the card was entitled pride. It's celebrating uh, pride week. And basically half the proceeds went to the uh, national center for transgender equality. This is an issue that resonates with me personally. I have a family men member, uh, a kid who's transgender. And so I've experienced personally how, how difficult the topic can be, especially for, you know, a lot of my family members, the older family members, more conservative takes on the issue. So it's something that I, I understand the uh, impact, the negative impact that it can have on a household, on a family, but also the learning process that a, a lot of people go through as they understand, you know, the, the issues, the challenges that tra transgender people have. So the card not only is stunning, if you guys haven't checked it out on my Instagram account or on one of my YouTube videos, it is just a ridiculous looking card. It's an 1819 optic purple Luca that car killer then put these amazing twirling rainbows that just reflect and it's just a stunning card. Uh, so I would say that that card with the significance with uh, half the proceeds going to to a cause that uh, that resonates with me, that would have to be my number one pickup of the year. So my favorite pickup from the last few months is actually a Kobe Bryant card as well. A card that despite collecting him since 1996 and searching for this card uh, for the last couple of decades, I never had the opportunity to buy or trade for it. And I was doing some video production work for a local card store. And as I was shooting the video in the case, there it was, the Kobe Bryant EX2000 credentials. So the rookie credentials card, number to 499, one of the only numbered rookie cards that Kobe Bryant has, and in my opinion, the most gorgeous out of all of his rookie cards. It's just got the clouds in the background. It's got this kind of glistening rainbow surrounding it. I mean, the card looks heavenly. It's just, it's an absolutely gorgeous card. And the store owner had it in the case. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Like you have one of these? And he's like, oh, you like it? <laughs> and I was like, do I like it? I mean, I love this card. This is a card I've wanted for forever and a half. And I'm like thinking, oh man, I'm gonna have to like, sell more stuff and come back with a boatload of cash and like figure this out. And finally he just said to me, he's like, would you want to barter for it? Would you want to do some video services in exchange for that card? And I couldn't say yes fast enough. And so what started off as me doing a single video project led to over 10 videos that I produced for him, uh, you know, straight from, you know, production, pre-production into production itself and post and delivered, you know, as best I could, just amazing products so that he can draw more business into his store. And in exchange for that, I got this card of my dreams since I was a kid. So 
Uh, it was great for both the card it was and for what I had to do to achieve that. My favorite pickup for 2020 thus far would have to be my custom one of one 1996 Fleer Polychrome 10th Anniversary Michael Jordan Rookie Card. This is a card killer original art piece and I'm totally in love with it. It was a gift by the very generous and always entertaining Mr. Card Killer. The card is absolutely gorgeous and I really treasure it for its beauty and the hobby love behind it. Um, my biggest pickup of the year when um, the last dance was happening, I did sell off some Michael Jordan cards. I felt it was a good time to get rid of them. I'd had them for a while. I'd enjoyed them for a while. And maybe it was time for someone else to enjoy them. So I, I sold them. And with that money, I was able to buy a Damian Lillard Immaculate um, brand logo Nike Swish. Um, it's a card that I would have, again, trouble justifying buying. But because I had all this money from older Michael Jordan cards that I had, um, I felt okay in spending the money. And it's a card that I really love. On top of that, um, these aren't cards that I picked up off eBay, but cards that I found. Like many people, um, when the stay-at-home orders were put into place, started going through old boxes. And um, I came across two cards. And one of them was a 1990s Hoops David Robinson rookie where he's um, holding a jersey. And... I just remember this card. I remember my my dad and I going to a card shop in what would be 1990 and getting a few packs of hoops and leaving and me opening these cards on the drive home and um, hitting this David Robinson rookie card, which at the time was a, a big chase card back in 1990. Um, just brought back some really great, great memories uh, with that experience. The other one was uh, a similar story with my, my dad as well. Uh, we went to the beach and went to a card shop at the beach called Dolly's Sports Cards. And Dolly was an older lady who must have been a, a chain smoker. Um, but she somehow talked my dad into buying a 1992 Topps Shaquille O'Neal rookie card, um, the gold parallel for a hundred dollars which at the time was a lot of money for a card um especially in my family um and i remember i would have been 10 at the time um going back home and my dad having to explain to my mom how he spent 100 dollars on essentially a piece of cardboard and i kid you not to this day my mom will bring up that Shaquille O'Neal card and asking how much it's worth now about three times a year. Um, anytime any uh, subject of basketball cards or anything comes up, she will uh, jump right in and ask if there's how much it's now, because as we all know, the price of those were, you, know, you probably could have got it for $20 a few years ago. Um, so they dropped drastically. Um, but on the bright side, it's, um, I believe it's gone up, but two cards that are very sentimental to me just because of the memories behind them. Hang in there, Mom. Shaq is finally getting some love after all of these years. 
Uh, and I'll also add that this was not a coordinated effort, but Mr. Cardkiller's getting a lot of love on this week's episode. And um, he actually sent me one of his pieces a little over a year ago. I traded him a Wax Museum RPA for it. Um, I'll add on to the praise that he's already received here. The card that he sent me is a really stunning piece uh, and really well done. I might have to commission him to make me a Jeff Foster custom in the future. Uh, Make sure to check out his Instagram if you haven't already. All right. Uh, I think it was valuable to kind of uh, pause and assess where we're at so far. But now that we've done that, I think we need to think about the future again. So the last question I have for my participants today is, what does your approach to the hobby look like for the second half of 2020? Okay, so how do I approach the next five, six months in this hobby with the changed landscape? I mentioned before, I'm going to be doing a whole lot less buying. I have been doing less buying and more enticement to sell. I think for me, I've really looked at or tried to figure out how next year's products are going to play out. And with everything being pushed back here with basketball, the 1920 season being played here in July, hopefully being played here in July, August, and September, and, you know, probably a short turnaround to the next season. I I just don't know how Panini is going to be able to, to put out product anywhere near the normal timeframe they've had in the past. Basically, I feel like all these 2021 products are going to be pushed back several months and there could be this lull, this period of time, maybe in, you know, September, October, November, December, where there are no new products coming out. Right. And basically that would mean more demand and a continued demand for 18, 19, 1920 products. So I have a lot of motivation to sell right now based on, where I bought in on a lot of sealed wax and where it's going for, what it's going for right now. But I think my approach is gonna be, try to be as patient as I can, as I think the fundamentals for sealed wax for 1819 and 1920 sealed wax look really good for the next six months or so. So that is, I guess my approach is to be patient and uh, not be too enticed by the prices that I'm seeing now, because I think the future will continue to to be bright here the next six months. In cards, my number one priority has always been and will always be the hobby and the enjoyment of it, being able to hook other people up with great cards, the stories that we can share. And the second half of this year is just going to continue in that direction. And I'm finding more and more from the feedback that I'm getting from the folks that reach out online, the folks I see at shows, the people that want to photograph or an autograph or something like that because they've seen my stuff, um, that appreciation for my honesty about the market, my telling it like it is, and my showing my observations really unfiltered is something that I'm going to continue. I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I have a great understanding of it. And I think people that are just getting involved now need that kind of help. And as much as it takes a lot of time to answer every message that comes through, every email, every DM, um, I do it because I care about this hobby and I wanna keep it a hobby as well as a business. I don't think investors are bad, but if we're not careful, it will only become an investment and it can destroy the hobby. So 
the more we can do to share our observations as we know as hobby experts, people that have been in this for a while, uh, the better in my opinion to making sure that this continues to be a hobby for the years to come. For the second half of the year, I'm going to keep focusing on what makes me happy in the hobby. Talking to content creators, hobby stars, and card artists on my new show, Christina's Corner, working on analytics and researching sports cards for our podcast, House of Jordans, continuing to bring credibility, integrity, and accuracy to the card market via card ladder, and shining my humble spotlight onto the hobby art scene. We have amazingly talented artists in our community, and I love being able to give them a platform to tell their stories and share their work. Um, the main thing, and I mentioned it before, is I want to uh, get all my cards into a database just so I can track my collection, make sure I know exactly what I have. Um, the other thing, I've gotten really into trading on Instagram. I know it's something you have to be careful with and you have to uh, check references to who you're talking to and making sure that they are uh, legit people that you are trading with. But it's been a lot of fun for me to trade with people. Um, I get cards that I want. They get cards that they need. Um, and no one's having to spend any money. And you just build a relationship through basketball cards and through trading and talking on Instagram. Uh, and the last thing, and this might be a, uh, something I've thought about, but I, I used to have a YouTube channel where I would just open up packs of cards. This was back a few years ago. Um, and I've thought about starting that back up. Um, not sure if I will, though. All right, before I let our panel go, I want to give them a moment to tell all of you about something that they're working on or any social media they might want you to take a look at uh, or maybe even any cards that they're still looking for. So if you like what you heard today, make sure to check out some of the stuff that they're about to talk about. So I do have something to plug this time around. Last time I had nothing going for me, but about a month and a half ago, I started a YouTube channel called The Luca Show where I look at basketball cards. I look at my, my Luca Dodgers collection, but in general, it's about basketball cards, Panini basketball cards, and collecting uh, today's players. And it's, it's something that just kind of came out of nowhere, happened organically. Uh, it started with me being encouraged to make a video about Luka Doncic's uh, Panini auto cards and, and the reasons why I believe he signed all of them. And it's really evolved from there. It's still evolving. I'm still figuring it out, but I'm having a blast with it. I'll continue to crank out an episode a week as lo long as I'm having fun with it. Uh, so go check it out if you guys like it. Subscribe. I have a lot of giveaways. Give away a lot of Luca cars, Luca jerseys. So it's something that uh, it's just been a lot of fun doing. So check out the Luca Show on YouTube. Kyle, thank you so much as always for inviting me on the program. This year, as I continue, I'm just going to try and do my best to help other collectors in this. And so, guys, please do feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at basketballcardguy, through my official website, basketballcardguy.com. You can subscribe to my new video series to search for Basketball Card Guy on YouTube. And I have a brand new Instagram that I launched this week called $5 Cards. So it's the number five, then the word dollar and the word cards. And it's a place that I'm putting lower priced cards that are still really interesting for those people that are trying to get into the hobby and they feel priced out of it. So thanks again. Check me out in all those places. And I look forward to connecting with more of you. Okay. Shameless plug time. <laughs> all right, then. 
I would like to personally invite you all to check out cardladder.com and follow us on Instagram at cardladder. We tell the story of the hobby through data analytics. Currently, we're working on an amazing new feature. That's all the teaser you get, but know that I am so excited to share it with everyone and I can't wait for it to go live. Also, if you only watch one episode of Christina's Corner, please go watch my interview with Kyle. It was awesome to get to see his favorite cards, and he flipped the script on me, so we sort of ended up interviewing each other during the show. Thanks for having me on Wax Museum, Kyle. As always, it's a true honor. So outside my Instagram name, um, Hazen, H-A-Z-E-N, underscore cards, um, I don't really have anything to plug. Um, just want to tell everyone thank you for uh, putting the content out there. I really enjoy, and I'm sure a lot of other people really enjoy watching it on YouTube or listening it to on podcasts. Just keeps me entertained. I, I really have enjoyed um, where this hobby has gone um, and where it might end up. Okay, there you have it. I want to thank all of my participants once again. They were all willing to help us out and give us a small window into their collecting world. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I feel like it's always nice to hear some different voices every once in a while. And that's all I've got for you this week. As always, you can find me on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.